Oh, Mum, I love the way you do that. Um, what are we now? Happy New Year, and it's 2024, and hi. Hi. I have to say, I particularly enjoyed our May-December review. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Popcorn Junkies, welcome. We are here to review Priscilla. Not Priscilla, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, but Priscilla Presley. Yeah. <sighs> Yet another chapter or entry in the eternal legend that is... Elvis. Elvis. Um, so, yeah, Elvis Presley. I, I have to say, I mean, I'm, I've, I find the whole concept of Elvis and the whole Elvis thing, uh, the bandwagon. I was never an Elvis fan. I find it all a bit icky. You're too young to be yeah, Elvis. Yeah, but also really. I'm not particularly enamoured with the myth. I don't find the myth attractive. I can only believe that baked into it is a suburban sinister horror. Um, mm. And I suppose yeah. that's it's in that aspect of it that I was drawn to Priscilla at all. Okay, but you did enjoy the Baz Luhrmann quite I thought a it was lot, a piece you? of, yeah, it was virtuoso filmmaking. I mean, it literally got you by the scruff of your your sort of gold enamelled kind of uh, collars yeah, and, yeah. and dragged you all over the place, kicking and screaming. Did, did it make you think differently about Elvis as well? No, but it made me, it, it opened my eyes to an era. It opened my eyes to how important he was. Um, yeah. And, and, and to the constructs of fame and what goes into all of that. Yeah. And, and I think this film... considered so sexual and you can't believe it now. Well, I thought, was. yeah. I thought you were very interesting in that, in terms of you being part of that generation. Um, I do think, I think these whole kind of, you know, the edifices of these kind of figures, I think what's interesting, you're either going in for the Elvis story yeah, and being and to be given something that you didn't really know before or asked to think about it in a way that perhaps you hadn't thought about before, or you're going into it for something else, which is what I got from the Austin Butler film, which is about the fame and about what that means and what the implications of that are on a person. Um, yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think for me, again, as I say, what drew me to this one was I was assuming that I was going to get a sort of monotone coloured, palleted, um, quite dour, quite dark, quite sort of, not necessarily sinister, but sort of muted portrait of something we expect to be sort of technicolour and vibrant and full of in, kind in, of... In, this, in terms of Priscilla? Yes. Okay, okay. Well, in terms of... I felt like I was one of the people in the audience at the Baz Luhrmann film, as I said. But in terms of this film, I even more felt I was the girl. Oh. I mean, I was the girl because I adored him. Right. And I, whenever I couldn't cope with the situation, and I was her age, I used to go quiet, which seems to be what she does. And, um, and, and Mark, you know, there are some films, and I felt the same was true of May, October, where the story is so fantastic so ridiculously fantastic mm. that you sort of think, well, even if they did nothing else to it, the story in itself, a girl, 14, goes into his home, stays with him, gets married, winches, whatever, and, you know, 10 years later leaves him. I mean, it's, it's sleep, it, I don't know, it's Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let mm. down your hair. Mm. It's crazy. Didn't you feel that? Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I mean, I think, I think yes, the story in and of itself is amazing. This is a film about, like, like May, December. It's another film about grooming. It's yeah. another film about an era or a different era when um, age differences and behaviour and attitudes to the opposite sex and marriage and sex and all this kind of stuff were kind of strangely contorted. It's an era that you come from. I mean, you've, your, your generation has this curious relationship with out of order or inappropriate kind of age range relationships where I've noticed people like you and a friend of ours, Rachel, you get quite sort of hot under the collar when other people of a younger generation go, that's unacceptable. You sort of say, well, that's the way it was. It was As if yeah, that's some yeah. kind of, um, not sanctioning, but 
that's it. It's just kind of like, well, yeah, that might have been the way it was. But I think just because that's the way it was doesn't mean the trauma doesn't go in and that the exploitation hasn't happened, nor that you can't apply to retrospective historic moments or periods or eras, so like the birth of rock and roll, all of the complications that come with something like grooming. I think there's this idea that we can only really apply it to stuff that happens after a certain date and that we we shouldn't really apply it to stuff that starts before another date. And I think if this film serves an important purpose, it allows us in a modern day understanding of grooming and all the psychological impacts and numbing, if you like, and trauma and yeah. and and the way in which it makes people go mute. This allowed us to go back or look back at a period of time and in a sense superimpose our understanding of all these psychoanalytical kind of themes and apply it to something that I think everyone who loves Elvis just goes, oh, this is just the way it is. It's just the way it was. It's just That's the way true. it was. True. I mean, it's also, I mean, not, not that this is either here nor there, but it's based on Priscilla Presley's book, yes. Elvis and Me. Which is problematic and, um, for me. I, I find it problem. What do you think of the fact that it's based on a book by Priscilla Presley? Well, uh, I don't feel anything in that she wouldn't have made it without it, I don't think. But don't, no, but don't you think, well, I suppose it's a leading question, don't you think it therefore falls foul of the same fears, concerns and worries of a hagiography, but from a very different angle? So Priscilla, Priscilla Presley isn't actually interested in rubbishing the Elvis edifice. No, no. So but what she same... tells us isn't necessarily the truth. No, that's true. But what she tells, I suppose the point I was trying to make at the beginning of this about the fantastic fairy tale is that the, the, even if we just believe in a, a tiny eighth of what she's right, saying right, yeah, it is point. so crazy yeah. you just sort of think yeah sure i mean the idea of a 14 year old girl going into a home where um all the time her response to everything is i have to ask my parents isn't it mm. and her parents pretty much say yes to everything especially if elvis asks them mm. um and she's in that she's in the house and then if we can believe the book, and I'm not saying we should or not, they didn't consummate, consummate the relationship until after they were married. Do and I believe, believe that that's can you, true. Can you? Nad- that's interesting you should say that. Nadia's going to probably chime in with the same thing. Nadia believes that. I had a profound... Pro- I have a... not. It's like I said to Nadia, I said, this isn't me coming at this as how I would have been as a man as Elvis. Not at all. Yeah. Knowing what I know of other men, I don't believe for a minute that he wouldn't have consummated the relationship. And I also believe that Priscilla would want to protect the myth and the legend of Elvis by con- concurring with that thought. Well, Which yeah, for me the is a problem. I don't think that is that he, he had her in the house. He had her in the house, his baby doll, if you like. Um, and he went out and he did his thing. I mean, I can remember vividly some of the relationships that are talked about in the Priscilla thing, especially Anne-Margaret. Anne-Margaret was a huge thing. He nearly married her. Right. And I was devastated with jealousy. I can remember wow. I can remember at the time. And um, But uh, the reason I think it is true is that he was keeping her pure. He was keeping her as... It was, it was vaguely religious. And, and as elvis went on he he became vaguely religious mm. i mean i thought one of the weirdest scenes was where he's doing a, a bible class for yes. those girls yeah and, uh, and he did do that sort of thing you know I thought so was... in in that respect i can believe that they didn't consume i mean they would have done things but that 
you know, she would still have been a virgin. Right, I way. suppose, I mean, I profoundly sort of thought, I, I, I don't know why, but there's a huge part of me that just thinks that's all part of the huge Elvis PR machine that even Priscilla Presley has signed up to. The idea that we must never puncture this myth that he was not, he okay, he was grooming and he met me too young and he was romantically involved too young, and but he didn't, but we must never puncture the myth of the legend that he actually had sex with me. I mean, you know, that documentary that was made recently where one of their phrases was, you know, never under 14 or never under school age or whatever that phrase was, you know, that, that leads mm -hmm. you to think something very different. I mean, okay, park, so yeah, parking that aside, that was a, that, for yeah. me, that was a fundamental problem which kept distancing me from it. What did we think of Jacob Elordi as Elvis? Well, I mean, one in a way is forced to draw a comparison with the other film you because are, they, they've come so close on the back of each other, uh, Baz Luhrmann, and, and they, they're as different as they could possibly be. Aren't they? Um, Austin Butler is like all raving, sexual, leg waving, bottom wiggling <laughs> sex, isn't he? Really, sex really? on legs, and and um, and all the girls screaming in the audience are thinking sex, even if they don't know what it, it actually means. I yeah. can remember that myself. Whereas this Elvis, in terms of what I've just said also, is almost um, not religious exactly, but he's sort of, he's one of the boys for a start. Mm. In the scenes where the scenes where he's with his mates and they're all playing football or mm. they're all like big puppies playing with mm. each other, he's one of a crowd and it's he like doesn't a court. really stand out. Pardon? It's like the court, isn't it? Graceland's court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he doesn't really do anything that makes him different from the others. He just enjoys whatever they're doing mm. and becomes one of them. I mean, that's all of that I thought absolutely fascinating because one could say for a film about Elvis, if it was, it wasn't a film about Elvis at all. It was a film about her. Well, that's why it's I mean, called she's Priscilla. On, she's on the... Yeah, I know, <laughs> no, but no, no. everybody would... Uh, people would have gone yeah, wanting more about course, Elvis, I course. think. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. weren't given much. They actually well, I thought, I think, much. Interestingly, I think, I think this film kind of wanted, it ke wanted its cake and it wanted to eat it. Wanted to keep its cake and eat it. Um, yeah. And I think it wanted to do it in this way. It wanted to... And I think if you look at the trailers, it wanted to lead us up the garden path, literally up the garden path of Gracelands past the gate towards the yeah. thought or the idea that this guy was unspeakably dark and twisted and grooming and manipulative. And it, it, clearly he was all those things were going on, but it wanted to take us there and it wanted to nibble at the edges of he was this illegal was this you know should he have not done this should he have done this he was holding her in a virgi virginal fashion keeping yeah. her back whereas these loose women who were literally <laughs> loose women who were actually actresses you know they're all kind of of the world and they they, they you know they're they're okay to have sex with on the one hand yeah. they, he, it wanted to take us down the route of oh what is this dark control this as you say baby doll in this ornate but very boring and sterile expensive lifestyle and lonely but at the same so time, but yeah, but at the same time, it also wanted, it also sought to give us, I think, probably even more of a three-dimensional portrait of Elvis than I've seen anywhere else. So you're right, the bits around his searching for religious meaning, I thought that added a sort of dimension to him that I'd never thought about. I thought even the fact that he took LSD. Um, yeah, you know, that I was thought, fascinating, wasn't it? Yeah, and you sort of thought, I don't know why, if he was that clean, would he have taken LSD? I just, I don't know, and so. And he was clearly troubled and he was missing his mum and he was lots of scenes, the same scene on the bed of them sort of sitting together in a, yeah. in, in a very sort of, you know, dark room on a bed watching television, essentially. And I sort of thought, I don't know, I thought it wanted to sort of suggest something darker, but it didn't have the courage to suggest it 
to a certain degree. And I think that's part of the problem with that is, is the source material, which is it's precisely what Priscilla, I think, has trotted out as the narrative, which is one of, oh, question marks over my age, because she can't she can't dispute it. It's, you know, she, she'll have been people will have known how old she was. Yeah, no, but at no, the same time, do, she needs do. to she needs to protect his image. And I, th- I felt the film ended up falling foul of, of doing the same thing. But but within that, two sensational, I thought, performances by both Jacob Elordi and uh, Kaylee Spenny. Yeah. I thought she was absolutely amazing. Astonishing. Wasn't she? Astonishing. Even when she's saying nothing, yes. and she often is saying Especially nothing. Especially when she's saying nothing. She's reacting, reacting, reacting. I mean, I thought, I thought in many ways, it... I love the film from start to finish. I mean, I'll put my cards on the table. Mm. I love the look of it. Mm. I well, love the we'll fact that it was sort of obsessed with, well, I've said it at the beginning, actually, I was obsessed with all the things as a 14, 15, 16-year-old girl I was obsessed with, you know, the look and feel of places. Um, carpets, plush pile carpet. Yeah. I thought it was a fascinating film for surfaces. Yeah, you know yeah. the table, the chairs, the the napkins, the bottles. The production design is sensational. The color design yeah. is sensational. Yeah, exactly. and, and I thought it was a really bold stroke and a really neat move. Very, very Sophia Coppola in a way to go for. As I say, Elvis, you think Baz Luhrmann, don't you? Bright, shiny yeah, colors. Yeah. And what she did was she muted them all. So it's a very dark film. It's almost a film noir. It's like an emotion. It's like a, a melodrama noir. Yeah, he's, he's, oh, yeah, I mean, she pushes it. He's in black all the time, and all mm. his Memphis lot are in black, aren't they? He's always silhouetted. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think, I think you're obsessing a bit, though, over the, um, didn't she pull her punches? Because, I, I mean, basically, he applied for um, custody of her and got it from her father. So, in that sense, he wasn't doing anything illegal. I mean, everybody knew what was happening. And, um, so why make the I, film? What do you think the film was telling us? That what 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 was the point of the film? It was the point of the film was, I think, this is why I'd be really interested to know what people of a different generation think. Or or Nadia, because she's my generation, mm. isn't she? I mean, I would have gone along with him in a heartbeat, held his hand and done everything that he wanted, been terribly lonely. I mean, I thought some of the scenes where she's at school holding her books and everybody's there. And I mean, she's a schoolgirl, and then mm. she goes home to Elvis, who's the biggest man in the world. Mm. I mean, it's extraordinary as a story. Um, but yeah, no, the reason to tell it was I, I think it's Sophia. She's got a thing about young women anyway, telling the stories of young women. Mm. I mean, funnily enough, in some weird way, it reminded me of Barbie in the sense that every time you looked at the screen with Barbie, there was Barbie and almost nothing else. And it was how things reacted to her. And it was the same with this. Mm. And I thought, I mean, I was quite pleased that the, it was the first film I saw this year, the, the year. And I thought it was really, really a sort of film about, about a strong, strong character. I mean, Mark, she must have been a strong character because when she chooses to leave him, she's got a baby. And they still say that they loved each other. Mm. Both of them said that, you know, until the bitter end, until Elvis died, until she, she sort of carried on. But you sort of think, it, you know, to take your point of view, it must have been, even if you say it wasn't as disturbing as you think, it must have been a bit disturbing. And to go through that and then come out the other end as strong as she did is extraordinary. Well, I, extraordinary, I, I agree. I and I th- but I think that's the problem. My problem with films like this is you're, you're being tugged in two directions. You've got, it's based on real life or it's based on first-hand testimony. 
so much of which is, you know, validated. We can see in the cuttings of the time and the press coverage and the marriage certificates and the birth certificates. So you've got all of that. But then at the same time, I think what's problematic about it for me is that that because it's coming from a point of view where whoever has point of view it is has a vested interest. So in a weird sense, um, you know, Baz Luhrmann's film was hamstrung by the fact that he'd gained access to Elvis's estate's music. So he could only, yeah. he could only tell a certain story. Uh, because of the access point he had to the subject matter. And I think what I felt, and maybe this is the filmmaker in me or the documentary maker in me, I felt the limitations of of Sofia Coppola's access point on this story too. And I think the limitations on that story are where this film could have become a really interesting film. And I wonder whether it could have told the story of Priscilla Presley or from her perspective and ditched the book completely, but just used it as source material would have been to probe, press, interrogate, or even speculate, which let's face it, speculative fiction is a big thing, isn't it? You know, what could have happened? What might have happened? He wasn't dark enough for me to find it like, oh, that's interesting. If anything, I was shown a more hippie side to Elvis that yeah, I wasn't expecting, yeah. which kind of humanised him a bit more. So then I thought, well, is this film trying to make me feel sorry more for Priscilla? I mean, the one thing it did do a very good job of, and I think Sophia Coppola was masterful at this, was was using the iconography and the imagery of wealth and the gilded cage and suburbia as well and tastelessness, you know, the Elvis, the gates oh, and, the, gosh, yeah, and all the yeah, gilt yeah. stuff and all that kind of stuff and, and showing us how fundamentally fucking boring her existence was and lonely. Yeah, you know yeah. that dog. I mean, that dog in that little kind of white picket fence was her. Yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I kept falling back. So I had no. I thought Kaylee Spenny was absolutely in, incredibly watchable. She's so dynamic. Jacob Elordi. I thought it was just fascinating to see an actor be able to bring such a different perspective on a character that you think is a bit two dimensional or limited in terms of what we can present. So I thought he did a very good job as well. So I thought the acting was great. I thought it looked beautiful. I thought I liked that it wasn't sensationalist. I, I thought it was quite muted. I felt sometimes there was the repetition of setups and shots, which for me, yeah. always, always like, you know, returning to them on the bed in the same setup. You, I felt that they'd had a day shooting on the bed and they did all the scenes in a day. <laughs> and that just sort of that screams limits of, of, of production budget and stuff like that. But all of that said, I just didn't really know what it was. I, yes, it told me that it was a bit boring. I didn't feel she was a stronger person for getting out of it. I, I felt she'd kind she of just... She had to have been, Mark. No, she no, I know, but I just, I didn't feel we'd explored that. She, 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 I felt we watched her watching herself and watching him. And it was a, yeah. lot, of, it was a lot of watching her, watching it happen around there's, her. And then we watched her leave. There's very much, um, and a few people have said this, and I thought it myself, it's a very truncated, if you like, ending, because mm. she's going along with it, going along with it, and then suddenly she's off yeah. <laughs> with the baby. Mm. And apparently she she ran out, she didn't run out of money, but she wanted another week's filming and they wouldn't finance it, they wouldn't oh. give her the money for it. And like somebody said, if Sophia Coppola can't get it, who can? Oh, that, that's but interesting. It, it made a big sort of thing, I thought, with what had gone on quite slowly, slowly 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 and then suddenly she was in the real world mm, you know mm, so mm. i mean don't you think as well that although we saw it was all in her head but it was also in terms of elvis we didn't see a rounded picture of elvis either he was mm. just the elvis responding to her mm. or playing football in the garden we didn't see i mean the the, the nearest we came to seeing his life outside there were, were the tabloid newspapers mm. when he got involved with and him sort of almost stamping his foot and saying i want a proper film mm. i don't want these films where i keep singing i can't yeah. really work out what it was trying to make us think or what it was trying to illuminate or reveal to us about about them how would you yeah, score it 70. 
70. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I think I'd probably give it 65. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, reason. yeah, and, and, and it's odd because I loved the Austin Butler Elvis, but that wasn't about whether I believed the story. It was just some virtuoso filmmaking or telling the story we all know. It just, for yeah. me, it was an inventive way of telling us a story we, we, we all knew. This was telling me a story I didn't know, but I feel I have enough handles on and was expecting to be told something new about, and I didn't get much. The thing is, Mark, though, I mean... What new can you say about a 14-year-old girl who spent her whole life, you know, in her parents' home doing nothing and then suddenly gets moved to another home where she can't do anything? I mean, what could what could they tell us? But thinking of her other films, you know, The Virgin Suicides mm. and, and, and other films, she's that's what she's interested in, what girls are thinking. Yeah, I think, I think. And, I, and I think she is interesting in all of that. I think it is interesting looking at, you know, the idolisation or the, the projection that young girls or young women have of what they think their life could be by yeah. investing them, their time and their future in this other person. This, yeah. this ideal that society and culture, pop culture has sold you, which is love. And yes, of course, fascinating to watch a woman who's literally managed to, to ensnare the most desirable of men and then it becomes the most and i think that's the neatness of the film if there's a neatness is and then it becomes the most ordinary of experiences in a sense yeah i mean it sort of parallels so many things in a way it parallels princess die story Mm, i mean where she was got spec because she was a virgin Mm, i mean it was plain and simple and it was the same with this i mean you can hardly believe it can you when people are critical of marriage rights in other countries but um yeah yeah Oh, well, there you go. So 70 for you and 65 for me.